Welcome to Season 3 of the Jesus, Joy, and Java Podcast. I am your host, Patty Nava. In this first series of 2023, we are learning to dress for success by equipping ourselves for battle with the armor of God in order to fight against the invisible enemy which comes at us every day. So who's ready for battle? Grab your Sword of the Spirit and your Java and let's go! Welcome to Part 5 of the Armor of God series. Today we'll be learning about the Helmet of Salvation. The helmet was the last piece of armor that the soldier would put on. It was the final act of readiness in preparation for combat. A helmet was vital for survival. It protected the brain, which is the command station for the rest of the body. If the head was injured in battle, the rest of the armor would be of little use. Before we begin, let's take a look at the definition of salvation. The simplest definition I can find is to be delivered or rescued from peril. The most common biblical definition of salvation is to be saved by God from the consequences of sin. The Greek word for salvation is zozo, It means to save, heal, preserve, or rescue. According to Pastor Charles Stanley, he says the following, God made us alive together with Christ by raising him from the dead. Pastor Stanley goes on to say that in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5, we're told that we're born dead in our sins and there's nothing we can do to make ourselves spiritually alive. Our salvation is the result of God's love and mercy, and once He makes us alive, we can never become spiritually dead again. In other words, what Pastor Charles Stanley is trying to say is that we can never lose our salvation. In Romans chapter 6, verse 10, we are reminded For the death he died, he died to sin, once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So when we are saved, the enemy no longer has any hold on us. God's salvation is ongoing, and only God can protect us from the enemy. Our strong assurance of our salvation is our defense against the fiery darts that are aimed at us, trying to persuade us to be disobedient to God. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. So we must always be prepared for the enemy's attacks by having that helmet fastened tightly and not allowing the enemy's fiery darts to get into our minds. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 tells us, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
We can take our thoughts captive by studying the truth of God's Word. When we study and we draw closer to Jesus, we are better able to discern what truth is from God and what lie is from the enemy. So as we've learned from previous episodes, it is the Holy Spirit of God which lives within us to help us have discernment and to make us more like Christ. The more we fill our mind with God's Word, the more protected we are from the enemy trying to instill his thoughts, his lies, his negativity, and his doubt into our minds. I don't know about you, but when I stay away from reading God's Word for a day or two, it throws me off. I tend to think negatively about situations. I might even just want to stay away from people. I may notice a big change in my mood. And if a trial comes my way, I become a drama queen. I can blow any minor situation way out of proportion and may even start to cry. Menopause only makes matters worse, but that's a whole different podcast. (laughs) On the other hand, when I'm consistently focused on God's Word and reading His Word daily, I'm positive, energetic, joyful, and ready for any trial that may come my way. I'm a better encourager and prayer warrior for my friends and family because I know my helmet is tightly fastened. So if we are constantly thinking negative thoughts, we could end up making the wrong choices. Now I'm going to share a biblical example to better illustrate how this works. In the Old Testament, there was a man by the name of Samson. His story can be found in Judges chapter 16, verses 4 through 22. Here's a brief summary. Samson was a man of great strength. He was able to kill a lion with his bare hands, and once he killed a thousand Philistines with just the jawbone of a donkey. But despite his great strength, Samson ultimately was undone by his own weakness, women. Let's take a look at what led to Samson's downfall. As told in the book of Judges, Samson had fallen in love with a Philistine woman by the name of Delilah. The Philistines were enemies of the Israelites, and Samson knew that it would be wrong to marry her. Nevertheless, he continued to see her. The rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength, and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So one night, Delilah asked Samson to tell her the secret of his great strength. Of course, Samson knew that if he told her the truth, that his strength came from God, she would never believe him. So instead, he decided to tell her that if he were bound with new ropes that had never been used before, his strength would leave him. So she did as he said and bound him with new ropes. But of course, they had no effect on him whatsoever. Then Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he said to her, If you weave seven locks 
of my head with the web and fasten it with the pin, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web, and she made them tight with the pin and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled away the pin, the loom, and the web. And she told him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, Samson gave in and told her the truth, that his strength came from God, and as long as his hair remained uncut, he would remain strong. As soon as she heard this, she had Samson's hair cut off while he was asleep, and then turned him over to the Philistines, who blinded him and put him to work grinding grain in a prison cellar. This story is an example of what happens when we allow ourselves to be persuaded by the enemy to disobey God. In other words, this is what happens when we take off our helmet of salvation. Was Samson's strength really his hair? Absolutely not. His strength was his obedience to God. However, the cutting off of his hair symbolized his disobedience. When he took off his helmet of salvation, which protected him from the lies and deception of the enemy, he ended up being persuaded by Delilah, and the power of the Holy Spirit was no longer within him to protect him. Just like Samson, our strength is also our obedience to God. We can overcome any trial when we are walking with God, with our helmet tightly fastened. So what can we do to avoid being persuaded by the enemy? What can we do to keep our helmet on at all times and not allow the enemy to get into our minds with his deceptions and schemes? We can pray. We can pray without ceasing, as Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. If we are constantly in prayer, we are less likely to allow the enemy to deceive us. This doesn't mean that we need to be on our knees 24-7. It means that we are to be in constant communication with God by bringing everything to Him. He is available to us every minute of the day. Another thing we can do is to renew our minds. We can renew our minds by changing our way of thinking. Our minds are like a battlefield, and how we fight those battles determine our choices. In Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul tells us, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What Paul is saying is that we need to replace 
our thoughts with thoughts that are good and acceptable by cleansing ourselves from worldly thoughts and lies or anything that might bring us confusion. In Philippians 4.8, Paul tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In Matthew 6.20, Jesus instructs us to take our eyes off of worldly things and to keep our eyes on Him. He says the following, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Sisters, let's keep an eternal perspective by always staying focused on our salvation. This is a beautiful gift that Christ has given us, so let's not take it for granted. Our memory verse of the week is Psalms 73:25. Whom have I in heaven but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you? Write it down on a sticky note. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Read it while you're brushing your teeth. Try saying it without having to read it. And when you've memorized it, you will be able to keep your mind on the things of God. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to our next time together as we learn about the final piece of the armor of God, the sword of the spirit. If you would like to do a more in-depth study on the armor of God, I highly recommend a study guide and video series by Priscilla Shire. This was the book we used in a women's Bible study class that I took a few years ago at Calvary Chapel. Each video in the series goes along with each chapter of the book. You'll love the way that Priscilla breaks down each piece of the armor and explains how we can use this armor in our everyday lives. I'm including the link of the book and the videos in the show notes and also in the Jesus Joy and Java Facebook page at fb.com slash Jesus Joy Java. If today's episode has inspired you to grow closer to God through His Word, please share this podcast with a sister friend. Your sharing and caring has allowed the Jesus Joy and Java podcast to rank in the top 30% of the most globally shared podcasts on Spotify. Please continue to help me get God's Word to more women all over the world. And don't forget to follow Jesus Joy and Java on Facebook Instagram, and YouTube. All of the links are in the show notes. May our lives always be filled with more Jesus, more joy, and more Java. See you next week.